Good evening, everyone. Tonight, we'll sing hymn 1206. There's a race for us to run, hallelujah, and a way for us the race to win. To all those who have begun, hallelujah, God has spoken, look away to It's a race for us to run. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's a way for us to the race to win. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Look away from all around. Hallelujah. Look away from all the strife and din. Away where peace is found. Hallelujah. Look away from everything to him. Look away into his face. Hallelujah. He will do what he did begin. Oh, what grace to run the race. Hallelujah. We obtain by looking off to him. Amen. Amen. Look away from all the past. Hallelujah. Look away from most the good and sin. In the living world. Past. Hallelujah. Look away from everything. Amen. Amen. Look away into his face. Amen. Hallelujah. He will finish what he did begin. Oh, Amen. what grace to run the race. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We obtain by looking up to him. Hallelujah. Jesus now today. Look away from everything unto, look away from everything. Look unto Jesus. Amen. Amen. Look away from all around. Hallelujah. Look away from all the striving deep. Look away where peace is found. Look away from everything to him. Amen. Look away from all the past. Hallelujah. Amen. Look away from both the good and sin. Amen. To the living one, hold fast. Amen. Amen. Look away from everything to him, Jesus. Amen. 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 Lord Jesus, you went to tonight. Look away from all the past. Lord, Jesus. Lord, you want to look away from both the good and the sin. Oh, Lord, Amen. thank you. You are not looking at the past or the good and sin. Amen. To the living one, hold fast. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, look away from everything to Amen. Him. Amen. 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 Yes, we look towards Amen. the goal. Amen. We look away from Amen. 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 God has spoken. Look away to him. Amen. 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 Saints, I really appreciate this, what the Lord has spoken to us. God has spoken that we need to look away. Praise the Lord. Not all running this race, but there's a way for us to run the race. And the way for us to run the race is not to look Amen. at ourselves, not to look at, um, not to look at our striving, not to look at our past, not to look at our fickle soul, our failing self. We need to look away from all that we have done, good or bad. It, it just, in a way, saints will see it tonight with Isaac. It just doesn't matter. What is important, what is crucial to the Lord is not what we have done, but what are we looking at? And the Lord tells us, the Bible tells us, we need to look away. We want to be those who look into his face. And when we do look into his face, praise the Lord, 
we will find the grace. We will find the grace to run this race. Hallelujah. Maybe Etienne, you can you can play it for us again, brother. Then we can we can enjoy this hymn. Amen. from everything unto Jesus. 
Look away from everything to him. Amen. 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 It's a to be one. Amen. Let us begin. Hallelujah. God has spoken. Look unto him. Amen. Amen. That's a race for us to run. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And the way for us to, to rise to win. Amen. Amen. Oh, to all those who have begun. Amen. Hallelujah. God. Amen. Amen. Look our way to Amen. 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 Oh, what grace to run the race. We are looking off to him. Amen. 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 Look away into Amen. his face. He who finished what he did begin. Amen. 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 Look away into his face. Oh, he who will finish what he did begin. Amen. 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 Look at his face. Look at his face. Amen. 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 Look away from all the past. Look away Amen. from all the good and sin. Amen. 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 Look away from fickle soul. Amen. 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 To the living one, hold fast. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Maybe we can start uh, uh, with our scripture reading tonight. So we'll we'll read uh, Genesis chapter twenty-seven. Okay, welcome back, everyone. So tonight. Brother John is not able to be with us. He's currently in Ethiopia for a conference with some students. So David and I will, will share something tonight. Um, we'll share something related to chapter 27 of Genesis. But actually, we'll jump around a little bit. Uh, because we, we want to see something still from Isaac's life. And then uh, David will share something with us related to Jacob's life. Now, when we come to, 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 to chapter 27, and even in chapter 26, we see that Isaac, well, he is the model, the pattern of one who enjoyed the Lord as grace. He simply was an enjoyer. In fact, you don't see much else of Isaac's life. You don't, you don't find him really doing much else. He, he, he harvests, he, plant a, he plants a harvest, and he just reaps a hundredfold. But he surely was an enjoyer. But yet, even though he was such an enjoyer, he still had the same natural weakness as we saw in Abraham. He still went down south, 
God prohibited him from going down to Egypt. I don't know if that was in his heart, but he, he wanted to go down south. And uh, by God's grace, he didn't go all the way to Egypt. But yet we see he does the same thing that his father did. He, 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 he lies concerning his wife. He almost, in a sense, he almost sells her. And not only does he, does he have this natural weakness within him, but he also still lives by the natural life, like Jacob. Jacob had this preference for, for Joseph. And because of this preference he had for one of his sons, this caused a lot of family trouble. In fact, it caused a lot of trouble for Joseph himself, but also for, uh, for Jacob, but also for Joseph, also for his other brothers eventually. But, amen, the Lord is sovereign in all these things. But we see the same natural living in Isaac. He still lived by the natural life. His natural inclination was toward Esau, who was a, who was a hunter. And he liked, he liked the taste. He liked the taste of that game. So this inclination toward the one son was because of his natural life. It's not the divine life that lives that kind of life. So he still lived by his natural life. And that in his life also caused a lot of trouble. So when we look at that, we might think, but there's no way you can enjoy grace as such a person. Surely, those who really enjoy God as grace, and we saw last week, uh, Isaac enjoyed grace, enjoyed this inheritance and he rested and he was that's 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 the kind of life that he lived but he still had this weakness and 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 in 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 our natural mind especially in our religious thinking it just doesn't make sense right how can you how can you be such uh uh how can you have such a weakness within you and still live by your natural life, and yet you enjoy grace to the uttermost. Why would God care for you in that way if you were still such a kind of a person? So, brothers and sisters, the burden tonight and what we want to see is that our enjoyment of God as grace does not depend on who we are or on what we have done. In fact, forget about trying to be spiritual. Forget about trying not to be spiritual. In a sense, that doesn't matter. Because our enjoyment of grace is based on the ordination of God. It's based on God's ordination. It's not based upon who we are or what we can do or, or what we have in ourselves. God has ordained that Isaac would inherit grace, that Isaac would enjoy. And so that enjoyment doesn't issue from who he is or what he has done or what he hasn't done or the good or the bad that he has done. That's not the, the source. That's not why we can participate and partake of grace. No, 
Our participation and our partaking of grace has nothing to do with that. Maybe you feel, well, I'm not like I'm not like Jacob. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell a lie like that. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have live that that kind of a weakness. Surely, that's not within me. Or we think maybe that that many spiritual people do not have such a weakness. But brothers and sisters, tonight we want to see that 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 is not the determining factor to our enjoyment of grace. It's not based on who we are or what we can do. That is not the source of our enjoyment of the inheritance that God has for us. Okay, so. Um, Tonight, we want to see these two things. We want to see that on the one hand, our enjoyment of God doesn't depend on our not having any natural weakness and our not living by a natural life. And then the second thing, we, we still want to see that these aspects that we see in Jacob's life is not aspects of different kind of okay maybe maybe one brother maybe brother richard he enjoys the aspect of abraham and maybe uh brother hannes he enjoys the aspect of of isaac and brother Etienne, he enjoys the aspect of jacob no these this is what we see with with these with the lives of abraham Isaac and Jacob with Joseph, especially with those three, and then at the end, the ruling with Joseph, is we see that that is actually the experience that we as believers have. We, as, as, as God's children, have, have the experience of this person. That is the experience of life. Our experience of life is portrayed by these three. And so, praise the Lord. We have the aspect of Isaac. Each one of us has this aspect. And I'm so, I really am so thankful to the Lord that we can see this, that it doesn't depend on who we are. Now, this doesn't mean that even Paul addresses this in, in Romans. He says, okay, so if it doesn't depend on who I am or what I do, then maybe let's do evil so that good would come. Or if it doesn't depend on us, no, no, no. You, you have to see that, that the focus has all together has to be on the Lord. It's not about, we, in a sense, we need to forget about, like, like that hymn we sang, look away from both the, the good and the bad, the good and the sin. Look away from yourself. Look away from the natural weakness that you have in yourself. But don't say, okay, let me now, you know, uh, work out some kind of uh, failure in me. And, and this also, we, we, we simply are under the Lord's blessing because we are today's Isaacs. And often our experience even tells us that 
when we are really in a low state, when we are really in a desperate condition before the Lord, then it's often in that condition that the Lord becomes the sweetest to us, that we are the most open to receive from him. It's often not when, when everything is going well and we are just in a, in a, in a, in a state of, of maybe peace in our human life. Although I think almost every human being is going through something at the moment. But, but, the, but the point is that we cannot try and manipulate our environment to say, okay, now I'm going to enjoy God's grace more. No, don't do that. Tonight, actually, maybe, maybe the best thing after tonight would be we just forget about ourselves. <laughs> we just... We just don't have any concern for, oh, am I, am I a spiritual person or am I not so spiritual? Oh, I need to be more like that, brother. We need to, in a sense, just forget about all those things. Because God has ordained that we would enjoy him. He wants to come to us as grace and visit us as grace. Okay, so now with, with Isaac we see that he had the same natural weakness as Abraham. And we've seen th those verses in, uh, I think it's Genesis 12 and G Genesis chapter 20, where Abraham uh, uh, lied about his wife. And then in chapter 26 last week, we saw the same thing. The famine came and, uh, and, and Isaac uh, went down south. And then from verse 6 to verse 11, he, he dwelt in Gerar, and then in that place, they asked him about his wife. And he said, she is my sister, for he was afraid to say my wife. Thinking that the men of this place might slay me on account of Rebecca, because she is beautiful in appearance. Now, for us, uh, we might say, well, okay, at least I, don't, I, I haven't, you know, <laughs> told such a lie about my wife or my husband or I'm not I don't I'm not capable of something like that but you know what the more we go on in the Lord and the more we just go on in human life we just realize that this is the condition of fallen man and actually all of us have a weakness this natural weakness that we see in Isaac is not something that we do not possess but we might not be aware of it Isaac probably didn't know that this was in him until he was confronted with the situation he probably thought of many other things. Maybe I'm weak in this matter. Maybe I'm weak in that matter. But I doubt that he thought that he would ever lie concerning his wife. But when the situation came, that weakness was exposed. It came out. His weakness was exposed through the environment that he was in. So we don't have to go and, and try and analyze and, and, and consider, Lord, what is my weakness? How can I overcome this weakness? How can I not express this weakness? How should I uh, deal with this weakness in me? In a sense, you know what? It's, it's, it might be better not to, not to be aware of your weakness. Like Isaac, he just, he just simply... He didn't care much for his weakness. His concern was that he was inheriting all this 
all these riches. He, in spite of his weakness, he was just able to receive grace. He was able to just inherit. Oh, no, maybe, maybe my father should rather give some of the other, you know, sons that he has produced, you know, like, I don't know if I'm really, you know, like, why should I get it? Why should I receive the inheritance from my father? What made, what made Isaac special? Well, he still had the weakness, right? So he probably wasn't that special. So the point is that Isaac, he was able to enjoy and receive the inheritance, the grace that God had apportioned to him, that was ordained by God, that, that came to him through, through God or, or God's ordination and not by any of his doing. And so sometimes when we, when we actually, sometimes when we become aware of our weakness, it can frustrate us from enjoying the Lord. We, we, we could become so conscious of who we are and, and, and the weakness that we have and try and like that him, all that strife, we can try and work out something to, to, to deliver us from that weakness. And that might even cause us to miss out on enjoying. We miss what God has apportioned to us. Oh, brothers and sisters, May nothing stop us or frustrate us from enjoying God as our inheritance. Even this weakness in Isaac, it never hindered him. He, he, he didn't consider that because it continues in verse 12, chapter 26. And Isaac sowed in the land and gained in that same year a hundredfold. And Jehovah blessed him. Why did Jehovah bless him? Because he didn't have any weakness? No. That wasn't the source of Isaac's enjoyment of his receiving this inheritance. And the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very rich. So Isaac was just good at forgetting about his weakness. He, 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 did, not, he did not think, oh, I'm really not the best. <laughs> I'm really probably not the most spiritual person on this earth, Lord. Why would you choose Abraham and then Abraham has me? I, I don't really deserve any of your blessing. I still have this weakness. Look at what, look at what I did. I, I told such, I told, I, 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 I was willing to sell my wife to lie and lose and give up my wife. But yet he was able to just, in a sense, forget about it. So we need to see, brothers and sisters, that we need to see that we need to look away from ourselves. Don't look at what you have, what you are. Don't try and deal with all these things. Just, just say to the Lord, Lord, I'm today's Isaac. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you blessed me. Jehovah blessed him. Thank you, Lord, today. You want to come to me as grace. God's intention is for us to enjoy him. His intention is not for us to improve ourselves, to overcome all our weaknesses, to, 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 to get rid of these weaknesses. His intention is for us to partake of who he is.
how sad it would be that even if we were to become aware of our weakness, whatever natural weakness we might have, if we're placed in a situation and that weakness gets exposed and we become aware that we have this weakness within us, how tragic it would be if that becomes the focus of our Christian life and our pursuit to, to deal with that weakness. But how wonderful it would be that even if our weakness were to be exposed and we were to become aware of a weakness that is within us and we were able to simply forget about it or simply not pay any attention to it and still enjoy the grace that God wants us to partake of. Hallelujah. How wonderful that we can see this in Isaac. Okay, now the second, the second thing that we see with Isaac is that he still had this natural taste. His, he, he lived according to his natural life. So, um, Isaac prayed. He got two sons. And then... Uh, he, he had this, 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 this preference. He had this preference according to just who he was. Sometimes we're like that. We, we, uh, we just have a preference for maybe, maybe one of our children over another. Maybe as a, as a, as a dad or, or as, a, as a man, you prefer the, the, the child who likes running outside and and does sports and are active and 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 as a as a as a mother maybe you have a preference for the one who who likes to stay at home and 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 like Isaac he was in the tents ah uh, Jacob he was dwelling in the tents he was a quieter person maybe that's the preference of the mother well these natural preferences caused a lot of trouble to Isaac it caused a lot of trouble to even Rebecca, even Esau, and 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 Jacob suffered because of this. So, so Isaac he just lives in this natural life. Okay, so in in verse twenty in chapter twenty seven verse one, we see Isaac was old; his eyes had become dim; he could not see. He called Esau, his oldest son, and said to him, "My son." said, here I am. He said, behold, now I am old and I do not know the days of my, the day of my death. Now then, please take your weapons and quiver and your bow and go to the field and hunt game for me and prepare for me a tasty meal such as I love and bring it to me to eat so that I may bless you before you die. Here we see that Isaac really just lived without any religious consciousness at all he had no consciousness of trying to be a kind of a spiritual person he was he was maybe maybe if 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 today uh one of the brothers on the school wanted to bless his son and he wanted to uh share something with him for from the lord he would spend the day fasting and praying and and not and not have you know this this kind of I don't know what's the right word maybe like an indulgence in his natural life or 
uh, go according to this national preference. Oh, bring me some game. I'd like to have some game for, you know, I'm going to, I want my natural taste this game and then I'll bless you. Probably if, if it was us, we'd be way more religious than that, way more spiritual. No, 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 no. Let me read my Bible a little bit or I'll, I'll spend some time uh, setting myself apart from the world to Isaac had no such, such thought. He just, he just wanted to enjoy what was according to his natural taste so that he can bless his son. Maybe if you, if you told Isaac, Isaac, what are you doing? You can't, you can't, you can't bring in your natural life like that and then, and then want to be according to the Lord, bless your son. You have to consider what you're busy with. Isaac would say, what are you talking about? I like game. I'm going to have some game and then I'll, I'll bless my son. So he just, he just had no religious consciousness. Okay. But because Isaac still lived by this natural life, what eventually happened is then we had Rebecca stir up the, this, this kind of supplanting. Even, even she was the first one to, or she maybe, maybe Jacob did it before that with, with uh, Esau selling his birthright. But anyway, there was something Rebecca initiated here, right? She went to, she went to, uh, to Jacob. She heard this. Then she goes to Jacob. Listen, this is what's happening. You need to make a plan. And so, so she's trying to manipulate the situation. She brings in this supplanting. Because of this natural preference from, from, from both Isaac, and then it's, it's, it's uh, kind of repeated in Rebecca. Now she has this preference for the one son. He has the preference for the other son. So now she's making a plan for this son for whom she has a preference for. And so because of this, 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 this prefer preferential natural living, now in comes this, this, this supplanting. And eventually this causes uh, Isaac to, to bless Jacob instead of Esau. Okay. Now, through this, there was a lot of suffering for, for both Isaac and, and Rebekah and even Jacob and Esau, right? Esau, he doesn't get the blessing. Uh, Rebecca, she wants um, Jacob to, to receive the blessing. But then what happens? She, in a sense, she loses her son. This one for whom she has a preference then has to leave. So now, okay, she, she kind of gains something through the supplanting. But then Jacob gets, Jacob has to go. Esau is going to maybe kill him. And it doesn't say that 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 uh, before Jacob came back, Rebecca was still alive. So maybe she never saw him again. Okay, but brothers and sisters, our living according to our natural life will cause a lot of trouble and even and even it will cause us to suffer. It caused a great suffering to this whole family. And the same we see in Jacob's life. 
because of his preferential love for the one son, that son also, in a sense, got taken away from him. And it caused him to suffer tremendous loss. And then his, his other sons, they had to live with this, with this father who, who had this preference for, for, for one of them. But, okay, so the natural life, living by the natural life, causes us to suffer. But you know what? It doesn't have any influence. It doesn't impact our enjoyment of grace. Brothers and sisters, do not, do not miss out on your enjoyment of grace. Do not miss out on your partaking of God as your blessing. Yes, we, we have this natural weakness, and often we still live according to our natural life. But we want to be the best enjoyers. Hallelujah. We are today's Isaacs. We are those who enjoy the aspect of Isaac today. So we enjoy the Lord as our grace. In spite of our, of, of our, of our weaknesses and in spite of our preferences. We don't, actually, you know what? If you go look at the Bible, you see this weakness and this, and this preference that is still within even the disciples. It was, it was, it was there in, in, in Isaac. It was there in Jacob. It was there with Peter. It was there with John. Paul had it. Everybody's got it. I have it. You have it. The only one who never had any natural weakness or, 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 or lived according to his natural life was our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one. Praise the Lord. But this should not hinder us from enjoying God as grace. We need to be those who enjoy the Lord as grace. We want to be those who look away unto Jesus. Even Isaac. So, 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 so then we see that, that he didn't have much uh, maturity in life, right? Especially when you get to the later stages of chapter 27, where now he, here comes Isaac and, and Jacob isn't, he's, uh, Isaac, oh, sorry, here comes Jacob to Isaac and Isaac is just, his eyesight is a bit dim and he's not clear on, on, on who's with him and he smells his garment and he blesses him. And, and, and then later on, his, his Esau, Esau comes and, and Jacob trembled, Isaac trembled greatly. So he, he, he blessed without maturity in life. He just wasn't clear. Later on, we see with Jacob, when he was Israel, he was very clear. When Joseph brought his two sons to him, he knew exactly what he was doing when he swapped his hands around and he put his right hand on the second boy. And Joseph was upset. He told him, no, 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 father, what are you doing? You need to, the, 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 the one on your right, you have to, he, he tried to move his hands back. And then Jacob, he just said, I know my son, I know. He was just crystal clear, right? He had the maturity in life. Whereas with Isaac, we see not so, not so mature in life, right? He blesses, but not, not with clarity. And um, 
but but even though he doesn't bless with 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 clearly knowing what he is doing yet saints he blesses with faith he just believes we see this in hebrews 11 um let me just quickly read you that verse Hebrews 11. It says, uh, by faith, verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even concerning things to come. So eventually, so in Genesis, we read that Isaac said, my soul will bless you. But we realize later on, he was blessing from his spirit. He still believed in God. Even though he had all those failures, all that weaknesses, when he blessed, he spoke a prophecy. Even concerning Esau. That, that blessing eventually became a prophecy, which is from our spirit. That's where prophecy comes from. So, so Jacob, in spite of all this weakness and this natural life, he still blessed in faith. And, and again, faith is not determined. It's not like some have, uh, oh, this brother has such tremendous faith and this brother has so little faith. Faith is determined by the object that we are looking at. What are we looking at? If you look away unto Jesus and you believe in his word, that will be your faith. But as soon as we take our eyes off of the Lord and we look at ourselves, isn't this your experience? Your faith just disappears. There's just, we just don't trust that the Lord will work this out within us or through us. But Isaac, he was just so simple. He didn't look at himself. He didn't look at what he did, what he did, good or bad. He simply lived this life by faith. And even at the end, even when he died, he didn't die a, a, a miserable death. He died a, a, a death in faith. And he was buried in the same tomb that Abraham was buried in. I think it's Genesis 35. Um, it's in verse 28. And the days of Isaac were 180 years. And Isaac expired and die, died and was gathered to his people. An old man and full of days. And Esau and Jacob, his sons, buried him. Okay, so eventually he was buried in the same tomb where Abram was buried. And Jacob also gave instruction that his sons should bury him where in this tomb. So we see that Isaac's life did not end in misery or in a miserable way, but he still had the faith that he was also going to enter into resurrection, just like Abraham. And Amen. So, brothers and sisters, I hope we, we would uh, all learn to look away unto Jesus. He is the one who will finish what he did begin. We just simply need to forget about who we are and what we have and what we can't and what we can. And we just need to be those who are good at enjoying, who are good at partaking and participating in all that the Lord is. Amen. Amen. Okay, David. Brother, Amen. You know.
and carry on with us. Amen. Amen. Lord, make us the best enjoyers. Amen. Amen. Just changing the video so I see Adrian instead of myself. Amen. Amen. Saints, I'm so good. We mustn't look at ourselves. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that we must look away to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> and I'm so glad that it doesn't matter. Um, in a sense, it doesn't matter if we woke up late or if we enjoyed a, something that we love to enjoy that's not spiritual. Um, we still have the right to enjoy the grace. Amen. And in, in Isaac, we see a person. So I guess, yeah, what, what Adrian said sums it up is that our enjoyment of God's grace does not depend on our being religious. Amen. In Isaac, we see a person who was uh, not at all religious, but he was enjoying God's grace all the time. Amen. I'm really encouraged by that. So, amen. May we learn to look away from ourselves, look away from our sins. Look away from the past. Look away from the good and the bad. Amen. Look away to the living one. To the living one, hold fast. Hallelujah. Look away from everything to him. So, yeah, I'll be focusing on, on Jacob. But just like these chapters intermingle um, Abraham and, and um, Isaac and Jacob, we see them all together the same way. Uh, maybe as I'm sharing, I'll mix a little bit with Isaac and Jacob. So, yeah, we'll, I'll be focusing on Jacob's being chosen. Okay, so just as a kind of reminder or repeat of what Adrian said, um, we should not consider Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph as four completely separate people. Um, but so, so the first five um, main characters in, in Genesis were separate people. That was Adam, Abel, Enosh, Enoch, and Noah. And so although they maybe inherited something from each other, they are completely separate. Um, their, their stories don't overlap. They, they're like separate experiences. But like Adrian said, we shouldn't think that, um, oh, it's interesting, Isaac just enjoyed God's prosperity the whole time, and Jacob just experienced suffering the whole time. Some Christians enjoy prosperity, and some will suffer. Oh, it's different. Everyone has a different experience. No. Actually, these four, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, are four aspects of one complete experience in life. Amen. And I hope we'll be clear about this. Actually, I can quickly just say it's it's quite clear that with Abraham, the, the first thing we see of him is how God called him from Haran, Ur of the Chaldeas, to, sorry, from Ur of the Chaldeas to go to the good land, to Haran in the good land. So the first experience Abraham was God's appearing and his calling. But we know from the New Testament revelation that the, the first experience of a Christian is God's um, selecting us. In Ephesians 1, 4, it says, God chose us before the foundation of the world to be holy. And um, it says in Romans 8 that those whom he foreknew, those he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. And we know like in Jeremiah chapter 1, it says, before Jeremiah was in his mom's womb, God knew him and set him to be a prophet to the nations. So we know from the rest of the Bible that the first uh, part of our experience in life is actually not the calling, but it's something that happens before the calling is God's choosing in eternity past, and he's, he's selecting us before we were born. 
So with, with Jacob in chapter 27, we saw that. Or was it? No, it was actually chapter 26. Um, where was it? When they prayed for a child, that's chapter 26. Sorry, 25. My bad. So, oh man. Yes, that's right. 25 verse 21. So Isaac didn't have a child and they prayed to Jehovah for, um, for his wife because she was barren. And Jehovah was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children's, so this is the, the starting of Jacob's experience, that um, the children struggled with each other within her. That's verse 22 of 25. And Rebekah said, if it is so, why am I like this? Why are these kids fighting within me? This is weird. These twins are really moving a lot in, within me. And she went to pray to the Lord. They were fighting so much. So I guess even before we see that Jacob was predestined, we see that he was striving in his natural life. <laughs> so that's, a, that's the introduction to what kind of person Jacob is. Even in the womb, he was struggling with his brother. He was striving. He wanted to be born first, probably. Um, but his hairy brother was in front or something, going to be born first. But then, so anyways, they fought so much that Rebecca even had to pray to Jehovah. And then verse 23 of 20, chapter 25 says, And Jehovah said to Rebecca, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples shall be separated from your bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the older shall serve the younger. Okay, and um, Romans 9 talks about that. I'm just going to turn, it's, well, I'll just, from my memory, it says that um, before they, they did anything good or bad, before Jacob was born, God chose him. That his purpose, according to selection, his uh, selection, his purpose might remain according to the selection of grace. Wow! So that's Romans chapter nine, verse eleven. Uh, I'll just read from verse ten. Uh, and not only so, but Rebecca also, having conceived by wife one Isaac our father, though the children had not yet been born, nor had done anything good or bad, that the purpose of God, according to selection, might remain not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, the greater shall serve the less. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. So it was before they were even born that God chose Jacob. That's, so it's, um, so that actually says the exact same thing as, a, as what we were seeing with Isaac and with, with, with um, that song, look away from all the good and the sin, look away to Jesus. Because even before he had done anything good or bad, that's Romans chapter 9 and in verse 10 and 11, before the children had done anything good or bad, we need to look away everything good or bad, whether I managed this morning or failed this morning, whether I was good or bad. God's selection according to grace remains. His selection, God's, the purpose of God according to selection might remain, not of works, but of him who calls. That's powerful. And in verse chapter 11, verse 5, it says, um, in the same, at the present time, there has come into being a remnant according to the selection of grace. Amen. The selection is not of our works. It's of grace. Anyway, so I actually, I wanted to, I wanted to just point out, um, I'll get back to all of these things later, but I just wanted to point out that Jacob's experience was actually the first part of our Christian experience. And al although Abraham is written about first, 
the first part of our Christian experience is not found with Abraham or Isaac, it was Jacob. And likewise, so Abraham just had the calling and the justification by faith, that sort of experience. But And likewise, the ending of the Christian life is not found with Abraham. That is found with Jacob through Joseph, where Joseph was reigning over Egypt. I mean, Pharaoh was the king in name, but actually Joseph was reigning. Joseph being the extension of Jacob. And we saw how Israel, which is, well, Jacob, when his name was changed to Israel, he even blessed Pharaoh. So he was, he was just expressing God and reigning as a king, living as a priest. That, that was God's ful fulfillment of his purpose of us for our experience in life. So the beginning of our experience of life is seen in Jacob. The middle of our experience of life is seen in Abraham with calling and with Isaac enjoying grace and with Jacob and his dealings being dealt with by God's hand. And the end of the Christian life is also seen with Jacob and Joseph of a proper Christian life should end with maturity in life, blessing and reigning. So, yeah, I hope you all see that, that these four people all show one experience in life. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and Joseph. And yeah, so in, I've mentioned now the reigning aspect and the selection of Jacob, which I'll focus on later. But just also to keep in mind, Jacob stands for the transformed life. Uh, his whole experience was full of um, God's dealing hand and by which he was transformed from the natural life that, you know, his dad and granddad, Abraham and Isaac, they lived a lot in the natural life. But with Jacob, although he had that natural life, he also supplanted, he also lied and things like that. He, Jacob was transformed. He was, and he came to full maturity in life through God's dealing with him. And then Joseph represents the ruling aspect of the Christian experience in life, or the kingly aspect of the, of this transformed life. The kingly aspect of the transformed life is what Joseph represents. Okay, and then, yeah, so just, just to kind of then bring us to the different, what are the different experiences in life? Well, it starts with God's selection in eternity past, then it's God's predestination, um, predestinating us unto sonship. And then in time, God calls, is redeemed, he, he forgives them, he justifies them, he redeems them, like he did with Abraham. Um, he causes them to walk in fellowship with him. And then with, he brings his full salvation, including the enjoyment of grace, rest, and enjoyment. Yeah, and then throughout this, there's also the transformation which eventually results in sonship and kingship. And the kingship is seen in Jacob through Joseph. So, yeah, just to, again, to, to slice it one more way, is with Abraham, we see the calling and justification. Um, and that's the first aspect of the experience of life, calling and justification. God called Abraham, and Abraham was justified by believing. Um, and God said, in you, you're in what you'll be father of many nation, nations. Um, in Isaac will your seed be called. Abraham just believed, and he was, it was counted to him as righteousness. So in Abraham, we see God's calling and God's justification. And in Isaac, we see God's um, being gracious to us. We see our inheriting of grace, and we see our being full of rest and enjoyment. Um, actually, Adrian mentioned the main things we see in Isaac. I'll just read them. 
for me. And Isaac is the second experience in life. And it was first, a little A is inheriting grace. B is resting and enjoying. C is having natural weaknesses as Abraham. D is living in the natural life as Jacob. E is not having much maturity in life. At least he had some maturity in life. Abraham didn't bless anyone, but Isaac at least blessed someone, even though blindly. And then D, he died in faith at the fullness of days. So that's Isaac. Mainly we can, we can see very much the enjoyment of grace in the rest. And now with Jacob, we come to the third aspect of the experience of life. And actually there's something like 25 and a half chapters on Jacob out of 50 chapters in Genesis. So they say, you know, people think of Genesis as the story of God's creation. In Genesis, you see God's creation. Well, we see things talk, talking about the earth and the trees and the animals. That's only chapter one and two and creating man. But the, basically, you could say Genesis is a book on Jacob. <laughs> so more than half the book is on the experience of Jacob. So there's a lot, there's a lot here for us, our spiritual experience in Jacob. And with him, you see, at least today, we'll talk on two things. God's selection, which is from eternity past, God's selection. And secondly, it's God's dealing. God's dealing, his hand was on Jacob. All kind of things happened to Jacob. He, oh, I guess we'll get to that. Actually, yeah, I'll speak it just now. So God's dealing with Jacob was because he was supplanting so much. So if we go to chapter 25, where he was born, it says, verse 22, and the children struggled with each other within her. Okay, so in the womb he was struggling. That's his supplanting. Then in verse 28, now I'll go back to his dad. We see the preferential love of his dad. Now Isaac loved Esau because he had a tasteful game. And we see that Jacob in chapter 37, verses 3 and 4, Jacob loved Joseph, his smallest son, it's more than any of the other sons. <laughs> I think he was from his favorite wife or something like that. So Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for game. So you see Isaac had a natural life, a natural preference in, with the sons, which caused him trouble later. Because uh, then, anyways, because basically, because then Isaac's wife in the next part of the verse, but Rebecca loved Jacob. So Isaac had a natural preference and that kind of... Um, then Isaac's half, his second half, Rebecca, kind of followed Isaac to also have a natural preference. Oh, and Isaac, you prefer Esau. Okay, I will prefer Jacob. And then Rebecca, she um, helped Jacob to get the blessing, like we read today in chapter 27. So Rebecca taught Jacob to also have natural preference. And then because of that natural preference, there was a fighting between Esau and Jacob and all the supplanting and stealing, all absolutely unnecessary because God chose Jacob. So it wasn't necessary for Jacob or Rebecca to do all this supplanting and cheating and deceiving. But anyways, okay, so back to the point, um, Jacob was full of supplanting. In the womb, he was supplanting. And then in 28, we see his dad and his mom had this natural preference. And we see that he, even in chapter 27, he had a natural preference for Joseph, which he, he got, I don't know, genetically, or he learned in the house from Isaac and Rebecca, he learned to also 
have a natural preference for Joseph. Then verse 29 to 34 of chapter 5, 25, we see he steals the birthright from Esau by Esau wanting to eat some stew and saying, oh, I'm going to die. And Jacob says, give me, he says, first sell me your birthright. So he kind of got a good deal. He negotiated to get the birthright for a cup of soup. <laughs> so he was very like sneaky and so what does supplanting mean? I'm not actually fully sure what the English word means. But so just back to what all these things are examples of supplanting, stealing the birthright, having natural preference, um, struggling with Esau in the womb, wanting to be born first, that we read today in chapter 27 of literally um, stealing the blessing by deception. This all kind of supplanting. Um, so supplanting, at least the way I understand it, means to hold the heel, to hold someone's heel, or to try and get to a bigger place, try and uh, manipulate the situation to get benefit to yourself. And the reason why we say Jacob is a supplanter or a heel holder is from verse 26 of Genesis 25, which says, after that his brother came forth, and his, so Esau was born first, and after that his brother Jacob came forth, and his hand was holding onto Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. And the footnote says the word Jacob literally means supplanter, heel holder. So not only all the things he did was supplanting, but even his name means that, supplanter, heel holder. But saints, let's remember what Adrian shared about Isaac. Doesn't matter if you or some other brother or sister in the church is a supplanter. If God has chosen him, that means he's ordained to enjoy grace. Amen. You might have some sufferings because of living in the natural life. But no matter what we've done, whatever decisions we've made in the past, whether we think they're good or bad, um, we should forget about that. We should look away to Jesus. Amen. Because God loved Jacob. He loved that heel holder. Amen. And he is able to transform us by his grace and by his spirit. Amen. So we see so many examples of um, Jacob being a, a heel holder, a cheater, a sneaky guy, a liar, um, stealing a blessing, pretending to be his brother. Um, later, he's, he's also sneaky with Laban's flocks. He's trying to make a plan to get more flocks and, I don't know, do some fancy agricultural invention to put the striped sheep somewhere and put some oops, put some striped things in front of them so that they'll be striped and or he'll get the spotted or something. Anyways, he's always trying to make these plans his whole life. But because of that, God had his dealing for, and the result of the dealing was that Jacob could be transformed. Oh, Jesus, amen. We want to have the proper experience, amen, of grace and also of your transformation. Okay, so now we can focus on the um, Jacob's being chosen. So it says that um, in 1 Peter 2 9, kind of New Testament example, it says that we are a chosen race. Oh, oh Lord, but you are a chosen race. Amen. Oh, we are a people acquired for a possession. Amen. Oh, Lord, thank you for choosing us. So, so. First Peter 2.9 says, oh, I go to Second Peter. 
1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, amen, a holy nation, amen, a people acquired for a possession, so that you may tell out the virtues of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. You are a chosen race. So, saints, we are all a chosen race. Amen. We are all chosen of God. He has chosen us before the foundation of the world. And, well, before we were born, according to his foreknowledge. But experientially, what does it mean to be chosen race? So, so to be a chosen race means that no matter what we do, no matter how much heel holding we do, no matter how much we live in the natural life, God has chosen us and he will complete the work he's begun in us. Um, it doesn't matter if we cooperate much now or not. He will, he will, as a sovereign God, get our cooperation somehow and he'll bring us back to himself. Yeah, I think even since if, even you can even try and try and leave God. You can try to tell the Lord, I don't love you anymore. I don't want to live the Christian life anymore. And maybe some of us have sometimes felt that way about the Christian life or about the church life. Oh, it's too much effort, Lord. But if, since we are chosen, that means even if we try to run away from the Lord, we are hooked like with a fishing line. It's like we can try to swim away, but the Lord has got us and he will never let us go. Once we are in the Lord's hands, well, once he's chosen us, we, he will eventually call us, he has predestinated us, he will call us, he will conform us to Christ's image, he will glorify us. And no one can take us away from Christ's hand, even if we try to jump out, he's, his hand holds us firm. So that's what it means to be chosen. That means uh, we, it's, we've got like a homing missile on us, like in the military. We can try fly away, try to dodge this missile, but the God's homing missile will keep following us. He will, uh, and it's a missile of love to fill us with, with his nature, fill us with the knowledge of his love, fill us with his image, to make us a royal priesthood. So yeah, we are a chosen race to be a royal priesthood. Our destiny, saints, is to be blessing others with the triune God, ministering life into others and sanctified as holy as God is, together as a holy nation. That's First Peter 2, 9. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. We are a chosen race. We are Jacob's race. Amen. Just like Jacob was, even though he had a lot of mistakes, a lot of, uh, I don't know, things that's not nice, maybe more than his dad and granddad in some respects. But hallelujah, he was chosen and God loved him. Amen. So that's, that's quite something. I think I still need more revelation, but just to realize even how the Lord loved sinners, how he even loved a prostitute, and he would release her from the bondage of the demons. And like the Lord loved Isaac, like a, what you call it, a pathological liar, like what? Someone who just always lies. <laughs> like we hate liars. I think God also doesn't like lies, but okay, maybe Isaac didn't lie all the time, but he had a problem with lying and so did Abraham and Jacob also had a problem with lying and deceiving. Like we would tend to kick those guys away. Don't want to be with them. Um, but may we have this kind of realization that God's grace and his calling is not of our works, not of good or bad. Oh Lord, give us more revelation. Amen. We are a chosen race, a Jacob's race. 
We need to look away to the Lord. If we see, if we notice we sin, we just confess it. Oh Lord, I'm sorry. And we apply the blood. Lord, I take your blood now. Thank you, you died for me. Thank you for washing me in your blood from the sin. I just come back to you. And we are destined to enjoy grace. Amen. We are a chosen race. Amen. So we can't get away from him. We can't get away from his grace. Hallelujah. There's grace to run the race. Amen. Amen. The homing missile will catch up with us. The missile of grace. Amen. So may that be our encouragement, really, this time. Doesn't Our enjoyment of grace doesn't depend on us doing good or bad. And it's just a matter of God's mercy. And it's a, it's a matter of God's ordination. Yeah, it doesn't depend on us being religious, which is quite surprising for, for many Christians. Okay, so now, okay, maybe I'll share another 10 minutes or so. Oh, Lord. There's, there's some really good points to share. Um, so there's 10 points now on God's choosing us. So if you want to take a pen, you can maybe take note. And then I'll just chat specifically about two of them. So the, the, first, the first matter in God's choosing is that it was before Jacob was born. It was before his birth. God chose us before we were born. That's Romans 9.11. It's before the children were, were born. Before, yeah, before they were born. That's important. The second aspect of God's selection is that it is according to his foreknowledge. That's 1 Peter 1.2. Isn't that amazing? God foreknew us. He knew Adrian before anybody else knew Adrian. Or before anyone ever thought there would be an Adrian. And God knew all, all the things about Adrian. He had foreknowledge. That's 1 Peter 1 2. It says, Adrian has been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. Amen. We have all been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. Lord Jesus. We can all say, Thank you, Lord Jesus. You chose me according to your foreknowledge. And the other verse is Romans 8 29. It says, which talks about those whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. So before we were called, we were, we were, we were selected before we were born, and we were foreknown. That's the second point. Third point is it's not of our own strife with others. Maybe we, we want to get a promotion or we want to be the, get the birthright or the blessing. No, we don't need to strive or struggle. So where we see that is in Genesis 25, verses 22 to 23 and 26, where Jacob was struggling with Esau, trying to get the birthright. He was striving. I want to I wanna get the promotion. I want to be first. But God in his sovereignty wouldn't allow Jacob to be born first. He, he let Esau be born first, but he knew that Esau would serve the younger, would serve Jacob one day. So the third point is it's not according to our striving or our strife. So just to recap, the first two points are before Jacob was born and according to God's full knowledge. And then the next four points is all about what it's, it's not of us, it's of God. So the third point is not of his own strife. Fourth point is not of his own works, good or bad. That's Romans 9, 11. Um, well, chapter 9, verse 11, where it says before they did good 
anything good or bad, God shows them. Um, and then the, the next point is that it was, it's of God's mercy. Oh, Lord. Okay, it's of God's mercy. That's Romans 9, verse 15 and 16. And it is of God who calls. He is the potter. That's also, that's where it talks about, um, yeah, it's not of our works, but it's of God who calls. And then the seventh point, this is so precious. This is in Romans 11, verse 5. It talks about the selection of grace. So God's selection is of God's grace. So grace literally means, or grace means, according to the New Testament, it's something of God that has been brought into us. And um, yeah, so you could say, so I've mentioned just now the, the point of, of God's mercy, that's Romans 9, 15 to 16. It's not of him who wills or him who runs, but it's of God who shows mercy. And God says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. So everything depends on God's mercy. And what is mercy? Mercy is the attribute of God that reaches us when we're in a pitiful condition, sinful, covered in sin, covered in problems. God has mercy on us. It's like somebody who's covered in sewage in the sewer. God can reach that person and he can bring them to his house and give him a shower. And then God had mercy on him. But then it's not only is God's selection of mercy, the selection is also the selection of grace. That's Romans 11.5. So just like John chapter 1 says, Christ came full of grace and reality. So grace is God in Christ to be enjoyed by us. So the, the pitiful sinners we were, we had God's mercy to take us out of the sewer and to forgive us and clean us. But that's not all. Then he even put his grace into us. He came as a man to be grace. Amen. Full of grace and reality. And now we can say it's no longer I that labor will do something, but it's the grace of God within me. Wow. So, so it's so amazing. The grace is actually Christ as a life-giving spirit imparted into us. God's selection has a real purpose. Amen. God's selection um, that's the tenth point, but this is the seventh point, the selection of grace. God's, God's selection is first to fill us with Christ as a spirit. Amen. So that we will receive his dispensing. Amen. We can, it's like the, the devil might say, oh, you're so pitiful. But we can say, don't worry, devil. Um, you will be in the lake of fire. But although I'm pitiful, God had mercy on me. And that's not all. He also has selected me according to grace. He selected me to be an enjoyer of grace, to be an enjoyer of Christ as a life-giving spirit dispensed into me, to give me life, to energize me, to fill my whole being. Yeah, we're not only under God's mercy, we also have his grace, the living spirit, the living person of Christ. Amen. So this is what God's selection is. This is God's selection. It's a selection of grace. Amen. We can be Isaacs, forgetting everything behind. Amen. Okay, and then the last three points, point eight, it's um, God's um, selection is, and, and according to his pre-knowledge, and it's not of um, our strife with others, it's not of our good works or bad works, it's of God who calls, he's the potter, it's of God's mercy, 
it's a selection of grace, that's the seven point, then the eighth point is then comes God's predestination. Um, for those whom he foreknew in Romans 8, 9, these he also predestinated. It means he put a big, I don't know, a big X on us or a big ink mark on us to say, this one in eternity past, he said, this one I'm marking out for myself. This one is going to be a son of God. Those whom he foreknew, these he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. And also in Ephesians 1, predestinating us unto sonship, Ephesians 1 verse 5. Okay, then the ninth point is after his selection and his predestination. Ninth point is then comes God's calling. So those whom he pre the, this, um, yeah, that's Romans 8, 28, God's calling. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called and who are called, hallelujah. We have been called in time, just like Abraham. Each one of us has uh, met the Lord in some way. Praise the Lord for his calling. Then the 10th point, this is also so precious to me. The seventh point on the selection of grace and the 10th point. The 10th point is that it's for God's purpose. That's Romans chapter 9, verse 11. So it says, in order that the purpose of God, according to um, selection, might be uh, according to selection might be remain. Um, not of him who works, but of God who shows mercy. So uh, let's just read that again. I should have put bookmarks in my Bible here. Yeah. So Romans 9, 11 talks about the purpose of God's selection. And saints, in Genesis 1, 26, we see the purpose of God. And this is actually the purpose of the whole experience of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and with Joseph. And that is for God to have his expression. We are in his image to have his expression, and we are uh, to represent him with his dominion. And... And Jacob eventually had both of these things. God's selection of Jacob was so that God could be expressed through Jacob, who got his name changed to Israel, and blessing Pharaoh, and that God could be represented through the ruling of Joseph, which is a kind of extension of his dad, Israel. So, yeah, Romans 9, verse 11. Oh, let me down here, actually that the purpose of God according to selection might remain. Amen. Wow. So selection is for the purpose of God. Amen. Yeah, we, so, so we can't see God's purpose in Abraham. Remember, he didn't even bless anyone and he had no maturity in life. Um, and also we don't see the, the ending, you know, the beginning or the ending in, in Abraham. We see that in Jacob. Um, and yeah, just like Jacob was blessing Pharaoh, yeah, we see that um, in Revelation it says, We have, God has made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. Christ has made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father by his blood. So we are being conformed to that same image, amen. That's what his selection is for, amen. Hallelujah for the selection of grace. Oh, that the purpose of God, according to selection, might remain. Amen.